Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 98 of the big show, some enforcer based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wacky Wednesday. I have a really cool interview for you guys today. Uh, yeah, Zach Fitzgerald. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to Zach. Um, you know, we uh, we went for a long time, over three hours of, of content. And uh, yeah, over a couple days, I really want to thank Zach again for coming on the show. Um, he and I had talked about it for a while. And uh, so to finally uh, make it happen was really cool. And I'm really excited to bring this to you guys. Um, I broke it up in two parts. Like I said, it's a little, little lengthy. Um, and I didn't want to kind of do it all in one shot. So um, broke it up and... Uh, Part two will be out on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm sure uh, with Zach being the guest, I have a, some new listeners uh, tuning in. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I encourage you, please, to go back and check out my back catalog. Um, you know, uh, McMorrow, Morasti, McIntyre, Tedarenko. Um, for the UK listeners out there, Mike McWilliam. Um, like, again, Sean McMorrow, as I said. Uh, um, Riley Emerson. um yeah, Joe Grimaldi, which uh, that that interview cre- uh, created quite the stir. Um, yeah, and uh, and like I said, Jason Goulet. There's another one. Um, you know, uh, Frank Kovacs. I mean, a few a few guys from over overseas. Um, so please, like I said, go back check out the back catalog. Um, I do two shows a week here. Uh, Wednesday is interview day, and then Sunday is my. Uh, my rant episodes or shit show Sunday, as they're called, um, where, you know, kind of look out the window and yell about the, the goings on of the week or on, usually it's about something that bugged me on social media, um, hockey wise, or, uh, you know, or I find some old articles to talk about and that type of thing. So, um, again, I encourage you to check them out. Uh, I think you'll find, find a player interview or what have you that you'll enjoy. But, uh, in the meantime, um, as I said, I'm, I'm uh, sponsored by the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 55 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. Um, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. So check it out. Like I said, those guys are really busy with the season going on and every week bringing out new content, You know, talk, especially with the trade deadline now, so they'll have a lot to talk about now. Uh, myself, Terry Ryan, Brad Lieb, we're on the original content side. Um, yeah, so lots of good stuff on the network. For my off-network uh, friends, Joe Lazito over the Coliseum Chronicles is a New York Islander enforcer-based podcast. He's had Mick Fakota on, Aaron Asham, Jason Strudwig. Um, right now, he's in the middle of a Trevor Gillies kind of. Uh, I think they're doing. They're on part five coming up here, and uh, yeah, and it's a. It's been a great interview. Uh, Trevor really. Uh, 
um, you know, obviously five episodes, it's, it, you're, you know, you're getting down to the nitty gritty, but they talk about all his teammates and opponents and, and he really breaks down the role and how he approached it. And it's been a really, it's been a really cool interview. And I, you know, if you're a, definitely, if you're a fight fan and, uh, and all that, um, definitely give it, check it out. And Joe's so knowledgeable. He's been around and, and, um, yeah. And I, and him and Trevor are friends, right? So, I mean, you have that personal connection. So the interview, it's, it's, it's really solid and I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to part five. Um, also the obey the puck show with Dan, Paul and Kelly and the Slewfoot show with Fred and Dave, uh, a couple current shows. Um, they always keep it up going with the goings on in the, in the league. They'll have a lot to talk about in these new episodes. Um, they talk about the NHL and then the minors and women's hockey and, and really stay on top of things. And I always thank them because I always say they, uh, they keep me informed without, and I don't have to watch. So, but, uh, I'm plugged in. As the kids would say, I have my finger on the pulse so I can, I, I can keep up with what's going on without having to watch. I enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, guys, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go on too long for the, uh, for the intro here. Um, you know, I will get right into the interview with Zach Fitzgerald. But, uh, but please check out, uh, also my, uh, fourth line voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. So send me a friend's request or a follow or what have you, or just drop me a line. Tell me what you thought of the episode. And, uh, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Also fourth line voice on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel. Got some of Zach's fights from junior. Really great one with Paul Brown. We talked about it in the interview. Check that fight out. Yeesh. Yeah, check definitely. Um, but yeah, a couple good Zach tilts on there. But over 2,500 fights from junior to pro, any league you're looking for, just type it in the search engine, WHL, OHL, NHL, whatever. Boom, boom, boom. It's there. So, uh, I highly encourage you to check that out as well. Um, but yeah, other than that, please rate. Um, I'm asking a lot from you folks. Sorry, but, uh, you know, uh, if you could rate, review my show, it helps me out in the searches. And, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, let's get at it. Here's my conversation with Zach Fitzgerald. Thanks, guys. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice, guest today uh, out in uh, out in Toronto right now is uh, Zach Fitzgerald. Zach, how are you doing tonight? Good, Darren. Thanks for having me, man. It's, hey, uh, yeah, out in Toronto, kind of a uh, not not expected, I guess. No, it wasn't. I thought you'd be back home in Minnesota. I'd love to be. I would. I would absolutely love to be in Minnesota, but this whole uh, world is kind of uh, in, in, in shambles. Yeah, we're kind of, everybody's sort of in a holding pattern right now, that's for sure. Um, well, man, uh, well, you had a, you know, a, a long and uh, storied career, and, uh, you know, from, a, from uh, the Western Hockey League to the American League to overseas, and we're going to cover all that, with timeline your career. Um, but, you know, obviously, you got to start at the beginning. Uh, where were you born and raised, and when did you start playing your minor hockey? Well, I was born in Two Harbors, Minnesota, which is about... Uh, on uh, half hour, forty five minutes up the road from Duluth, Minnesota, where I kind of I would say I grew up really. Um moved down there when I was five and um watched my brother we traveled around watching my brother play, so that's kinda how I got into hockey, but it was just the just the way in Minnesota really. We had the outdoor rinks and I usually kinda compared to the babysitter. Mom used to bring you there and drop you off and you'd be screwing around for seven, eight hours and sometimes she worked in the the warming shack and you got the free uh, hot chocolate and otherwise you know that's just kind of what we did we grew up there and on the outdoor rink in uh, northern minnesota 
No, absolutely. And uh, well, you mentioned your brother, of course, uh, Rusty played in the NHL, the Pittsburgh Penguins and played pro for a while. Um, I noticed there's there's actually a fairly significant age difference between the two of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Were you, uh, well, did you get to spend some time around like the Penguins and stuff like Mario and Yager and all those guys? I wish, man. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, 13 year gap. So yeah, it was quite a, quite a big one. Actually, yeah, you know, to start that off, it was, uh, I was, when we were up in Two Harbors, we were on our way down to the hockey tournament. I wasn't quite me yet. I was in Mama's belly, and we were on our way down to the uh, hockey tournament, and Mom said, hey, it's happening now. And Dad just dropped dropped Mama off, and I was born, and on the way back from the tournament, picked us up, and I think three days later, we were back in the rink watching games. But, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, you know, no, Rusty was my, uh, definitely my, uh, you know, my first hero and following him, I would think it was in fifth or sixth grade when, when he was playing for the Penguins and I was walking around with the Penguins jersey, just, you know, full of pride. And I don't think, I think I probably wore it every single day, you know, and, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't get to go. I think my parents maybe went, but we didn't get to go much because he was, well, the life of a pro hockey player is quite, uh, uh, it, it things happen quick. And I think he was up and down and it just didn't, quite work out to get there for a game he had a lot of injuries um but no i didn't get to spend time with those guys i have a couple like autograph sticks um uh but i did get to experience some cool things like when he played for the moose um a couple guys were there i got to go in the locker room and get on the ice with those guys and um no but he he had a great career well I, i i wouldn't say it was long enough for him he was injury um stricken and basically had to shut her down for a while but you know he got to play his rookie year with like you say the augers and and lemieux and his rookie uh rookie party picture he's got his arm around both those guys uh what what an experience he must have had no absolutely and uh it's interesting like i was just kind of thinking as you're talking about it um you know you're still young enough i mean so you're still taking the steps like you haven't even like with the junior and all that yet um Seeing yeah. your older brother in the NHL and playing pro and all that, like you, you talked, I've talked to some guys on this show, and it, like when you're in a small town in Saskatchewan or Manitoba or whatever, the NHL seems a million miles away, right? And it's not attainable, and because you don't know anybody that's in it, and it just you're just the guys on TV. Well, right. with you, your older brother is in the NHL, so did you even have any like, oh, I can do that too, or like? You had to have a, maybe a different mindset than other people did. Yeah, you know what? It's funny that you 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 say it like that because I don't think I ever really thought about it that way. I think, um, and maybe it was ignorance is bliss or whatever. But he, because the age gap was so different, he was doing his own thing. Like when I was when I was screwing around in fifth, sixth, or fourth, fifth, sixth grade, he was in. Um, sorry, before that, he was in university and he had, you know, he had all the college guys over at the house and they were doing their own thing. And, and to be honest, the UMD Bulldogs were the legends to me. You know, we would go to the games, we'd get the ice cream, we'd be watching the UMD Bulldogs. And now everybody knows about the UMD Bulldogs because they're champs. Um, but, you know, he played there with like Derek Plant and, um, and some other guys that went on to pro. Uh, but he was kind of, that's where, he was the big dog. And then when he went to the Penguins, I I don't know if it was once again, just ignorance, but it was just like, okay, you know, we play hockey around here. This is my brother that, you know, he's just doing it. And we watched it. We were so excited and it just felt, I don't know if it just felt normal, but for me growing up and I always kind of say it to people, 
you know, I always had the dreams and the ambitions that, yeah, I wanted to play in the NHL and I had the hockey cards and I watched hockey and I did everything just like every other little kid, waited for the broken sticks, autographs, all that good stuff. But for me, I was just, I don't think I ever really thought I'm going to be there. I just kind of went with it. And then, you know, Major Junior came knocking and that was just a whole nother, I never even thought about that. Um, well, yeah, that was going to be, that was going to be my next question. I mean, you're, obviously yeah. your brother was a college guy. And, yeah. you know, so Junior A, stuff like that down there, like USHL, all that. Um, well, And then how did you end up in the Western Hockey League, of all things? Well, it was, um, if, if I'm remembering correctly, so we, we used to come, so being in Duluth, it was, you know, three and a half hours from Thunder Bay, and then seven, eight hours from Winnipeg. And we used to go up there and play tournaments. And, you know, you go up to Thunder Bay and the guys were fucking 6'5". They had beards at 12, 13 years old. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. And then we went up to Winnipeg and we went up to Stonewall. And um, and and I, I don't know, I guess like the name, it was absolute nails out there. The guys were running around. They were absolutely obliterating my teammates, just, you know, hitting guys. And these guys were, you know, good hockey players. And you're in Canada, you're like, it's Canada's game and blah, 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 you know? And I was kind of the only one that was standing up to these guys. You know, I was hitting them back and getting riled up and standing up for my teammates and blah, blah, blah. And it was a young age. I think we were, had to have been 13 or 14 or so. Um, but that's where somebody from the Calgary Hitmen saw me. Um, and they approached my my old man, and that's where I started looking at the webpage. I was sitting in high school looking at him like, Jesus Christ, you know, these guys are you know, draft picks, you got first round draft picks in the NHL and it was quite intimidating really, you know. Um, but the way that I played the game and I played one year of high school, but the way that I played physical and, you know, just more of a, a hard nose game opposed to a finesse or speed game, it just made sense to explore major junior when we, when it really came down to it and the agents were coming around and they were, you know, they're giving your, their, their ideas and your two cents and it's the fast track and, oh, you're going to make it to the NHL. And at that point, I think, you know, touching back with Rusty, I think at that point is when I realized, okay, you know, this could actually be something real. You know, I, I think, um, I can't remember his name now and I feel terrible, but one of my brother's um, teammates at university was one that kind of tipped me on to Octagon Hockey and that's where they, my agency, that's where they started picking up on me and that's kind of where all this um snowballs but yeah it was it was playing i think it was initially playing a game in stonewall and 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 the interest came in calgary and calgary thought calgary and then all of a sudden out of nowhere seattle came and drafted me and they flew me out there and it was just kind of sold from there yeah well i mean and and then yeah so you make the seattle thunderbirds at 16 and um um well like you said were you like like you said, you're were, you're were standing up for your teammates and stuff like that. And um, did you sort of, um, well, I mean, especially at that time, you know, early two thousands. I mean, you know, uh, were you ready for the Western Hockey League in terms of uh, fighting and everything else? Did were you uh, did you kind of did you do any training for that, or uh, it's just let's let's go down there and give her shit and see what happens? Well, <laughs> I mean. At that time, it was just it was crazy because I went I went and tried out for the national team uh, development program, and I actually ended up like signing a contract to go there. And so we were all set in our ways. And then you know they're doing the they're doing the locker boxing there, and, and you know it was you, you, you know start hearing stories. And actually, a, uh, a kid 
from my hometown had gone out there and said it was quite militant. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I love the military, but I don't know if I'm into that. And it was uh, all all that. So then we went out to Seattle and they and they kind of wined and dined us. They showed us around, and Seattle is a you know a crazy city. And just from being from Duluth, I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know. Um, but we we get out there, and I'm just this kid that I. Let's put it this way. When, when you got all those, like, tournament photos of the kids and they got their shooting it and they're scoring a goal, it's gone bar down, they're celebrating, and that's their picture, the big smile on their face. My pictures were me standing over a kid, just absolutely just crushed a kid that was probably half my size and didn't want to be hitting, you know. That was, like, my <laughs> highlight photo. So when I got out to Seattle, you know, I'm trying to run around and crush guys. And basically, guys, and I'm sure you'll bring up their names, but guys like uh, Darren McLaughlin were like, hey, uh, you know, if you're going to play that way, you're basically going to have to, you're going to have to stand up for yourself and you're going to have to learn how to do this. And, 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 you know, we, we see the way you play and think you can do this, you know, and they kind of took me under the wing and, 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 you know, taught me a little bit of the ways. And when you're 16, like who, who really knows how much this stuff is going in your brain, but you know, I go, okay, well now I'm getting all riled up, you know, I'm fired up. I got to fight somebody. Okay. I'm playing physical. This, this is going to be my new role. I got to, you know, I got to fight somebody. I got to, I just got to fight somebody. So I'm out in the training camp and skating around and I, and I choose my target. And this kid was a fucking finesse player. Like he did, you know, he wasn't, maybe he hit a few guys and maybe that's what sparked my interest, but I'm chasing after this guy. Hey, we're going, we're going, we're fighting. No, 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 we're not. We're not fighting. We're going. We're absolutely going. No, 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 we're not. And basically by the end of the game, I forced him into a fight, grabbed him, like I must have throttled him or something, like popped his eye, you know, and in in training camp, everybody's eating together and blah, blah, blah. So after we're sitting there and I look over and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, I fucking... I must have got a lucky punch and popped him in there. But the guy didn't want to fight, and I went over and chatted with him and, you know, sorted it out. But that was kind of my first real experience into it. And then, you know, you learn the ways that that's not, that's not the way to do it. But I always felt the need to stand up for friends um, and teammates on and off the ice. So it just kind of came natural, I guess, for the protection mode. And it was, you know, the, then at that point, once again, they start talking about elements that are going to, you know, um, elevate you above other players. And, and in all honesty, that was one that helped me along the way. No, well, absolutely. And, uh, well, <laughs> well, your first year there, I mean, uh, you guys had a rough year, finished to the last, but uh, your coach was Dean Chanel. So right away, <laughs> it's no doubt that he would have toughness on the team. And, I mean, you got yourself – Greg Black, Robin Gomez, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spiller, McLaughlin. I mean, I mean, you guys might not have won a lot of games, but I mean, you won a lot of fights anyway. I mean, uh, oh man. Well, well, first of all, what was Chanel like? Dean was a great coach. I I had a lot of respect for him. He was really good to me. I actually just spoke to him a few months ago, and I'm so proud of where he's at. And uh, he's he's always been a good um, um, connection for me. We we didn't talk for a long time, but. You know, he, he brought me into some stories about how when he was talking to my old man back in the day. But he was a good coach. I, I really liked him. He was helpful. Um, yeah, you're right. We we had some major toughness. And when we used to play against Portland, oh, my God, that was an absolute yeah. melee. Wow. Know? And there, there's videos of Greg Black out there just, oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, no, he was a good coach. I, I got a lot of respect for that guy. 
No, absolutely. And, uh, uh, well, like, I was just like, I was just laughing, looking at your thing. Like it, it's yourself and, and black and these guys, then you trade for Robin Gomez, which kind of just cracks yeah. me up. Like, like <laughs> yeah. you needed more, right? Um, yeah. yeah well, what, yeah, like, I mean, uh, you know, people listen, I mean, I mean, uh, they'll have heard the name. He played, he bounced around the East coast league for a little while, but he was a tough dude, Robin Gomez. He, you know what? And some of the fans in the UK might remember him. He went over to the UK for a little bit, just for a little while, but he would, he popped over there. But That's man, right. yes, he was tough as nails. And he, he didn't like me at first. I'll tell you what, because I was just this little, uh, annoying guy, like not, not, not like, uh, not, not, don't get me wrong, annoying, but I would be like having fun. I like to have fun and sing and whatever and goof around. He'd be like, you know what, Rook? You got a lot to learn. You know, he'd be like, you got a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and if you called him Goober, he would not be happy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, how about uh, McLaughlin? Big Big Mac. He was uh, that guy was uh, tough. He was probably the toughest guy in the league for a while. Um, he unfortunately had some injuries towards the end of his career, but he was he was good to me. He was like I said, like I mentioned before, he was. Um, he kind of took me on his wing and in, in the fighting aspect of things. Um, but he was the veteran on the team. You know, everybody had looked up to him. Everybody respected him. Um, but, you know, it's unfortunate because he, he signed pro. It's unfortunate that his injuries kind of took that away. No, absolutely. And, um, well, like you said, uh, you know, your first year you get 14 tilts. Um, I was just kind of kind of going through your fight card. Uh, there's a few few names on there. Um, that, uh, I want to ask you about. And one of them, of course, is, uh, and the, and the folks, the minor league fans will remember this guy. And you fought him a couple times, Robin Big Snake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, we didn't like each other. <laughs> he was one of the guys I just didn't like. I, I really, I absolutely would go out of my way to hit that guy. I would try to fight him every, opportunity I could and and not to say that he he couldn't stand his own he was a tough guy and he would um handle his own and he would run around too but god I, I he was one of the guys that I just did not like and would jump on every opportunity I could with him well another guy that I'm sure many have said was annoying uh was Tutu you fought Jordan Tutu as well yeah, but that was like that was like one of my like uh, like uh, trophy fights, you know. Like when you're a kid, and you're like, "Oh, you fought Tutu! Oh my God, he fought Tutu! Wow, that's amazing!" And you know, he was a bull. He is an absolute yep. bull. Um, a lot of respect for that guy. I like what he's doing now with his, you know, with what he's doing with his life and his platform, and he's he's a good leader in that aspect. But great career for him, and definitely one of my uh, my younger trophy fights. Well, one guy I got to ask you about because I know you fought him a few times, and your one of your fights with him, I always tell everybody is probably one of the best junior fights I ever saw, and how either of you were standing after. I know he caught you with a good one. How you didn't go down is beyond me either. But Paul Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I knew who you were talking about right when you when you mentioned <laughs> that he was yeah, yeah. Nail guns. He 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 would chuck him. He would stand there and chuck him like it was not. Yeah, I was young and, and dumb and not, not too, I mean, I always kind of fought the same way, but real dumb then, where I just literally almost like asking him to punch me in the face, you know, but he, uh, but yeah, you're right, that fight, that fight circulates every now and then, but he was, yeah, he, he was nails, we had a lot of fights, and cool story about him, um, a couple of years later when we were down at the draft in um, Nashville, we, uh, I hadn't seen him all day, but 
later on that day, he I think he was picked by Nashville if I'm if I'm right yep. or wrong. I yep. could be You're wrong. Right. Yeah, You're right. Nashville. So we were we were out and you know we were eighteen year old kids out on the town in Nashville and it's funny because it was Patrick O'Sullivan's out there standing on the corner with a stack of IDs. I think I still have the Ontario ID that I had back in the day, but <laughs> you know, there's a Nashville. You got you know. It, However, many eighteen-year-olds running around the city, and and you think we would be getting caught doing this, but uh, you know we were all having fun, and I ran into Brownie, and we sat and had some shots and bullshit for for a while, and it was that was one of the highlights of it because I you know I didn't know a ton of guys down there, but you know we chatted for a while, and and uh, that was something I always remember for sure. Yeah, it's a shame that kind of the injuries got him too. He was a hell of a player. He was, you know, he was he was one of those guys that definitely would. You know, ha- have a really good shot at pro where you, you can rely on him, you can play the game, and he's tough as nails. Yeah. Well, you had kind of mentioned the, the, the rivalries that you guys had with, like, you know, that whole, you know, the Tri-City and Portland oh, yeah. and, and Spokane and, and, and that whole deal, the, the U.S. division in general. But um, one of the cats, um, I just had him on the show recently, um, tough dude, played in Spokane at the time. I know you fought him, uh, Jordan Clark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Clark, yeah, we, yeah. I don't remember how old he would have been when I fought him, but no, I hope he's doing well. How is he doing? He's good, good, yeah, man. The, uh, no, it was uh, a lot of fun talking to him, and, uh, one of those kind of, um, um, I wish people would see more of him, uh, you know, cause, um, played junior and then obviously never went on to pro. He went on and got a job and got on with life, but, uh, yeah, he was, uh, you go back and through his fight card and that footage, uh, he was a bad dude, boy. He fought a lot, he fought everybody, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking when you, in Spokane, yeah, when you fought him, he would have been 18 or 19 at the time. Yeah, cause he had played in okay. PA before that. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. But yeah, tough dude. Um, well, so, so you're getting, kind of get, you know, you get your feet wet there your first year. You got, uh, um, you know, you got some, some, uh, older guys to kind of show you the way. And, but like you said, 60, you got into all 60 or all 61 games and 214 minutes as a 16 year old. And, um, so the the following year you you kind of roll into town it was it was kind of weird how it, your your kind of your Seattle career went it was like last place first place last place first place it was kind of because then the the next year uh, you you come in and uh, you you guys finish in first yeah I got that was my draft year so I was quite yeah. fortunate to um, to to be on that team we had a good team we 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 should have actually made it further in playoffs in my opinion but we had a really good year that was a lot of fun and i was fortunate to, for it to be my draft year because they had a ton of scouts coming around and when you're winning yep. people are watching well yeah no absolutely and um yeah well again uh you, you know 17 tilts and uh you know when you and uh well first of all i was asked by somebody my my boy chris out there listening uh when you went into camp he wanted me to ask you do you remember bubba westwood Oh yeah, Bubba! I love Bubba. What a beauty! <laughs> I love Bubba. Oh man, he, oh buddy, he is a good dude. He's a good kid. I hope he's well, and I hope he hears that. I say hello. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, because I know he played a couple games with you guys, and then uh, you know yep. spent uh, you know the next couple years there in the BC League with Quinnell, uh, putting up sick penalty four hundred penalty minutes. And oh, stuff. dude! 
he was nails. He was nails. Yep. I, I, I'll just remember him hugging that twenty pack of uh, beer wherever we were. I'll just always remember that. He, yeah. Even though we shouldn't have been, he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there you go, Bubba Westwood. There you go. Yeah. I should yeah. get. I should try to get Bubba on the show. Is what I should try to do. Bubba, he should. Yeah. Um, well, well, one of the fights, again, another former guest, uh, well, he ended up being a teammate the following year, but Huxley. Hux, first thing he said, Fitz, remember when I busted your nose? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I do, Hux, okay? Yeah, no, he was, uh, you know what, man, he, uh, so tough, uh, so technical and fearless, like, he would pick people apart with his fighting. And I'm not surprised he busted my nose and uh, sat in, in a dinner after in in uh, Spokane with family and whatever with the bandages across my nose and, and, and things stuffed up my nose because, you know, he was accurate. He would tag guys and switch left, right. I, I've, I've talked to him a few times here and there. He's still doing well. He's still connected in the game. and um, But, yeah, no, he... Uh, Boy, he was tough, and you know I ran him a few times in the PHPA later on in in our careers and stuff. But I hope he's doing good too. Cause, yeah, he kind of had that duck under thing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That was yeah. Guys couldn't handle that, and then he would just tag it, and his quick little punches, not the big, you know, like a lot of us did when we were younger, where the big, like you reach back and throw over your head. You know, it's like a boxer straight from the shoulder, where like it should be. Yeah, did you? Um... I've noticed kind of like as you were going going on, like you said, you had kind of had that wild, just swinging, you know, you hit, you know, take as much as you get, you know, or, you know, yeah. give as good as you get. And um, yeah. did you, like when Huxley was there, the fall, did you guys, I'm assuming you guys worked on stuff or did you bother? Yeah, we definitely, yeah, we definitely worked on stuff. He was, yeah, he was, uh, he was definitely uh, trying to get in every scrap he could, but yeah, we worked on stuff. And, and yeah, I think over time I just, you know, you realize that you can't, wind up nor is it doing anything like at first you think you're keeping his arm off your jersey or whatever but regardless he's going to grab you it's just a matter of um, getting the right lanes not reaching back like that did you ever take any boxing or mma or anything at all um yeah i mean i always i i would do in the summer mostly for conditioning with the mma stuff but it also translated very well to more than boxing to hockey fighting because you're grappling, you're yeah. you're pulling, you're not throwing punches necessarily in the training, but the grappling and the pulling and the balance and I, I mean those workouts were terrorizing. Um, I used to do boxing a little bit too, but um, the MMA or the Muay Thai was uh, more or less the the choice from our trainer in the in the summers. Did you? Um, I know some talking to guys from doing this show. Um, were uh, were you a video guy? Like, did you watch a lot of video on guys, or did you just sort of... Because I was just... Well, I guess not at this time. Maybe on... Well, as you went on in pro, I mean, I was going to say... Yeah, YouTube, would have been YouTube pro, was yeah. around then, but... Um, were you yeah. a... You, like a... Or a drop your gloves, go to that website and watch video? Did, were you one of those guys? Yeah, I, definitely later on when it, when it was kind of... Um, when somebody made, uh, brought the point to me, yeah, I definitely would. Because, I mean, we'd, we'd all look at those stat packs and you'd see, you knew exactly who the other guys were and you'd see the stat packs and, you know, have all the PIMs and all that stuff in there. But um, if you knew who you were going up against or maybe didn't know the guy, yeah, I would definitely catch a video. I would want to have a little idea of maybe what he would do if he's going to switch or if he started left or whatever. Um, but 
at the end of the day, <laughs> and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty in every single one of my fights. But when I went into fights, I I might have had a plan a few times, but it was never executed. It was just all feel and you know what you are used to doing. And you know, if you get caught or tagged, you always knew um, you know kind of how to respond to that. So it was just. Yeah, I, I watched them, and I, it was probably the worst idea to do because you start thinking about the shit, and you're laying there at night, and you know there's some nights where there were long nights for sure. I'm not I'm not going to sit there and act like I didn't have long nights. Um, yeah, thinking about what was going to happen because you just don't know. I mean, you're you know I think I don't think a lot of people um, really sit and think about it, that it's bare knuckle fights, and yeah, it's on skates and it's not as solid as ground. But if guys are good enough fighters and they get in and dig in there, you, you could get seriously hurt. Um, but at the, you know, and, but that's the risk you're willing to take, you know, and, and it's, it's usually for the right reasons. Um, so I, you know, that's just how it was, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it, well, I was, I've often said this, it's, it's amazing, especially like if there's like a big KO that happens in the NHL or something like that, or if it's an American league fight that, you know, makes the rounds of a guy getting knocked out and all of a sudden everybody acts horrified. And it's yeah, like, what yeah. do you think's been going on this whole time? Like all of a sudden it becomes yeah. real to people all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it, maybe no, I, it, it's like a desensitized, I guess we are to it. I don't know. Some. Oh, for sure. I would agree with that. Yeah. But also too, um, you know, you, you, you do you, you are willing willing to take that risk and yeah you want to win these fights and 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 you want to come out on top or whatever but you don't want to seriously damage somebody you want to you want to hurt you don't want to at the time you know you're trying to win the fight and and what does that include it includes hurting somebody right yeah. but you know if you knock somebody out cold like the first thing most of these guys do is go check on the player to see if he's all right sometimes you turn around and the adrenaline's just going and you have no idea you can't even control yourself you know a lot of the times that's that's happened many times but yeah i i think you're right i think sometimes when you see the worst of the worst that's when we really realize and that's where you see a lot of the chatter online but otherwise i think people enjoy it oh yeah yeah oh well yeah definitely um well, well, I was gonna say when 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 Huxley busted your nose, did you was that the same year when you're wearing like the full bubble and you get into that line brawl with Kelowna? Was that after that? I I can't remember specifically. I um, I remember that your helmet. You had a full bubble and your your helmet eventually yeah. comes off and you like dummy three guys. I remember that. Well, I mean that's the thing, like you know, I was known for what I was known for, right? And then, you know, I'm playing a game and things get riled up and I'm doing everything I possibly can to stay controlled and not get to that point. But if basically, you know, you get to the point where I'm, I'm maybe, maybe it was a mistake in my point. Maybe it's being too honest, but I was to the point where I was like, look, I will rip my fucking helmet off here to show you that I'm not scared. I'm not going to be, you know, a cheap ass and go in here with a bucket on, and you know I'll take that risk, but that's being young and dumb. But you know I guess uh, you know I actually ended up having to do it just a couple of years ago too with uh, that Ganyan in the UK. There he was going after a couple of young kids, and I had to fly in there with a bubble. Um, oh, but, oh, you know, like we'll get know, there. I don't know what he expected. Yeah, you know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Pre- yeah, oh, preview. Precursor, precursor. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, well, this year, yeah, like you said, this is your draft year. So um, you get drafted by the St. Louis Blues in the third round, 88th overall. Um, 
yeah, man. What, what was that like? What's the draft day like? And to hear your name called, what, what was that feeling like? Oh, it was, um, you know what? It was a lot of emotions. Um, initially, they, you just don't, leading up to it for the year, you're getting, there's rankings and there's, yep. you know, where you're going to go and you, you're putting all this pressure on yourself and some guys don't. And, you know, I try not to think about any of that, but, you know, it's it's prevalent in your agents talking and he's he's mentioning, oh, you know, if you go on this round, we'll bring you down. So anyway, it was it was a high enough uh, chance of me going in one of the first four rounds where you actually go down there and you're in the stadium and, you know, you go on, you don't go on stage after the first round, but you meet everybody and do interviews and blah, blah, blah. Um, but we were sitting there, and my grandparents were fortunate enough to be down there, um, which was very special because they weren't able to really get out and see a lot of games, and, and my parents weren't able to be there. So it was great to have them, and we were sitting there, and you know, you're watching the first round, and there was no, I never, let's, <laughs> I never thought I would ever go in the first round, okay? But you're sitting there, and you're watching, and it takes forever, right? It takes forever. The first round, you're like, oh, fucking two, three hours there, like, Jesus, man, like this, what's going on here? And now you're kind of getting sweating a little bit, and then the second round comes, and you just now you're just like praying, somebody pick me, you know, like somebody pick me. Okay, third round. Oh my god, now I just, I don't even know if I want to be picked anymore. I don't even know if I want to be picked anymore. <laughs> and then, uh, um. Eventually got to the point where, you know, they say your name and it's quite surreal. Uh, at that point, it was like the, the big hug and kiss uh, to grandma and, and grandpa and went down and shook everybody's hand. Don't remember any faces, just a huge blur um, into some interviews after. And then a little bit of a um, drafty party with St. Louis and met, you know, Quinville and a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the management and guys over there. So that was uh, a good experience. And Sean Bell actually was there, you know, one of the big D men from, uh, from the WHL. He was out there. So it was good to have a familiar face, um, with St. Louis there. And that was, it was a great experience. You know, it was, um, a blur, but I kind of touched on it after that. You know, you get picked and you go meet everybody out and have a good time and, um, it was it was quite an experience, especially getting back to town with my all my buddies. Oh yeah, you know in Duluth, in Duluth and and wearing the jersey and um, yeah, that was that was a special thing. Did um did you uh did you interview with any other any other teams beforehand? And do you did you get any interesting interview stories? I don't have any. No, I don't have any real interesting um, ones other than I mean I, I was interviewed by a few, but at the time. Like, um, cannabis was quite, a, you know, wasn't as normalized as it is now. And they, they would ask, well, what would you do if your teammate was smoking cannabis? Or what would you do if your teammate was drinking? And just, you know, you try to answer the best way you can in the way that you believe yeah. is, is right or that you, you know, you think you would do. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're sitting in a room with like a boardroom and you're sitting at the end of the table with legitimate suits in there that are, any former NHL players and GMs and it's, it's intimidating for three younger men. And, you know, you just try to keep yourself composed and, um, but yeah, I never even really thought St. Louis, I didn't interview with St. Louis, so I didn't think they would pick me. Yeah. They, well, there you go. So, well, so the following year, uh, the, the next year you went to the Traverse city tournament or correct? Yeah. Yep. We went to Traverse city. That was, that was a good experience. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say was uh was Boogie there that year? Bugard? Uh no. No. no, no. 
He wasn't there. No, no, no. no the true. big man wasn't there. I used to skate with him in the summer, though. He was an absolute gem, gentleman, absolute gentleman, and and uh, just bigger than life. Quite quiet guy. Yeah, but gentleman. Um, so after the Traverse, did you did you go to uh, Blues Camp at all, or did you just go back to Junior after Traverse City? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to go to Main Camp um, for both my camps there, um, and that one was really cool. That one was, uh, you know, Pronger was there, um, and you know, a lot of big names. That that was a, that was a big eye opener for me. And now I, I feel terrible. I forget the name. I'm so bad with names, but this one of the veteran D. Um, and I'd, I'd have to look through it because I, I, I didn't even know his name going in. But he was such a gentleman and welcoming to me, whereas I felt like the majority of the other guys, unfortunately, weren't. It was it was an intimidating um, scene with St. Louis, which the reason I say that is because later on when I get traded to Vancouver, um, as soon as I walked in that locker room, guys like Kevin Bieksa were like, Hey Fitz, what's going on? Welcome, what's going on? I'm just like, wow, this is polar opposite of what I've you know gone through with St. Louis. So, yeah, the 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 main camps were good, but I was just so young. I knew I was going back to junior, um, and it was just kind of a, a a blur. You know, you're just doing your best to survive through that. Really, at that time, um, you don't think you're really you're not really being talked to like you're going to make the roster. So you know, you're just getting the experience. Yeah, I just kind of look at like that O two O three. Um, well, I guess it would be. I guess it would have been like O three O four, wouldn't it? Uh, no, yeah, it, yeah. Well, so you got to chuck there, Doug Waite and Pronger and Mellonby and uh, you know Danton and Jackman and all them. Um, yeah, yeah. The Danton story was quite big then too. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. That's a little, yeah, that little, that little out there. That one. Um, did you have any interactions with him at all? Well, sorry, I, I just missed you there for a sec. Oh, uh, did you have any interactions with Danton at all? Uh, not really, no, not really. But like he was getting chirped, and uh, yeah, I think Yablonski was there trying to fight him just nonstop. Yeah, um, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say that had to be pretty like Reed Low, Yablonski, yeah. Steve McLaren was there too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's amazing that you're bringing up all these names. I almost forget how, because you're so young, you're just like ignorant of how many legends you're surrounded with. Yeah, I mean, maybe it may. You know, I'm not speaking for everybody, but at the time, I just you know didn't realize how many legends I was literally surrounded by. Yeah, well, uh, when you go back to uh, Seattle, was it sort of like? Um well, you've been drafted and everything. Did you have? Do you feel you have more pressure on you or less going into that year? Oh, that's a good question. I think, I think you are a little bit. You're more confident for sure. I was definitely more confident. Um, I think I realized too that it was okay. Now it's time to like earn a contract. So yeah, I would say more pressure. Um, it's more real. You're wearing logos. You got St. Louis Blues stuff. You know, the, you got all these people in the league talking about you because you've been drafted and so that's definitely became more real um you know you you get your agent pressure to come down and uh, move away from home to train with the pros and um so it was definitely more pressure but i enjoyed that yeah well and and like you said um you know all you know huxley's there this year he shows up he gets traded to him and uh from saskatoon uh, 
one of the tilts he had was, uh, and this guy, always, I always find that not a lot of people talk about this guy. He's really un, uh, kind of goes under the radar, and he shouldn't. He's a bad dude. Was DJ King? Oh God, I, I, I uh, twist my ankle trying to fight him because he was just so strong. I was twisting so hard to fight him, but yeah, he was nails. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't get talked about more. And you know, even his yeah. NHL career, he was fighting everybody. Um, yep. Uh, but heck of a guy off the ice too. I got to know him a little bit. Uh, I went and trained with him in the summer in Worcester. With uh, they would bring the young prospects out there. Um, but yeah, he was a good dude. Um, and you're right. He, he just had such a long reach. You couldn't. There's, there wasn't much you could do. And with him being so strong, it just you're, you're already you're already in trouble right away. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um... Well, just kind of going on here, like, um, so you, so you have the year, um, were you happy with that season? I mean, I know that the team itself, I mean, you guys kind of, again, a kind of, uh, you know, a, a rough year. I mean, you finished last, um, out of the playoffs on, on a personal level. Like, what did you think of that season overall? Your first season as a St. Louis blue draft pick? Well, I, I definitely had more uh, responsibility on the team. You know, and I think I even gotten a letter at that point. Um, so it was it was definitely more weighing when you can't, especially after the year before where you go so far in playoffs, and you know you're you're bought into the program. The coaches were coming around that summer um, and trying to prep us for a big year, and you know to let to let things down. I think that's when Everett came in too. Um, was that the year Everett came in? Uh, on there, but um, Everett, I think Everett came in that season, and they ended up being yep. um, a huge rival, uh, which was good. It was it was good for how close the games were, but um, they put a fork in us too there. Um, but yeah, no, the U.S. division was it was a uh, all four years I was there it was good. Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, we're playing against Carey Price. You know, we got you know. Yep. A lot of a lot of names, you know, Braden Coburn's guys that are still in the NHL. No, absolutely. Um, well, that next year they owe four oh five. I mean, that's when the strike happens and uh, yeah, and all that. Um, was there? I can't remember. Was there a strike right from the word go, or did you go to camp at all? Were you in Blues camp? Yeah, yeah, we went to camp that year, and then yeah, went on strike, and then like Turner Stevenson was coming hanging around us, which he was an absolute legend. Uh, of the guy out in Seattle, but yeah, he was coming around hanging out with us, and we had some NHL guys coming through. So there was, um, you know, agents. Were, it was a lot. It was a lot more flooded because of the lockout. You had agents everywhere. You had scouts everywhere. So there was eyes everywhere. Yeah. Well, and then this year you kind of you go into it with a new coach in Subner, Rob Subner. Yeah. How'd you yeah. <laughs> did you get along with him? Yeah, well, Sums and I, he was my, because he was my D coach, and, like, we always got along. You know, it's quite hard. I I mean, I kind of experienced a little bit last year from not not quite the same thing, being a player to a coach, but um, from assistant coach to head coach, you got to all of a sudden, and it's very uh, similar to pro there where the, you know, the head coach is kind of the hard ass. He's, you know, he's making sure things are running the way, and assistant coach, is doing his thing and he's more in, in well, tune with the players. It's right? good cop, then, bad cop, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, he's got to go into that position where he's head coach and, 
yeah, we kind of tanked and let him down. And he was coming around that summer, like I said, coming around, going to see guys. And our leadership group was was good. We had a good leadership group. We just, uh, we just, yeah, we just kind of, you know, and that's tough for a new coach. <laughs> you know, yeah. We had, we had a lot of, t- I, I can remember that year, we had a lot of mottos and a lot of meetings and it just didn't work for us. The, um, yeah, well, so you're kind of your final year there. And then, um, would you, were you getting any feedback from the Blues? Like, well, I'm obviously, I'm sure they were giving you feedback, but what was the feedback, I guess? Were they happy with the way you were playing? And- um, I think it was more, yeah, I mean, that, that was more or less getting filtered through my agent. So I, yeah. I don't know exactly, you know, I, I can't remember specifically, but it was always just like, it was more or less like, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You, you know, they try to take the pressure away from you. Like they always used to say like, Oh, don't worry about paying your bills. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll pay those bills. So you just worry about hockey. You know, it's like, all right, okay. Well, you forgot to mention that 4% there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, but no, it's, yeah, it, it, they, they try to filter out all the good and keep it going. But every single time a freaking agent would come watch me, I would get kicked out of the game within five minutes and be sitting with them. He's just like, I don't know why I waste my fucking time to come see you, man. I don't know why I waste my time. <laughs> well, before we get out of junior, a couple names I got to ask you about. Uh, I know you you rumbled him a couple times. I was always a fan of this guy, uh, Miles Stays. Oh, another one. You're picking up all the guys I didn't like, and I probably would like him off the ice. I think I even follow him on Instagram now because I, you know I'm 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 past the past that point where I actually dislike the guy. But the only reason I say I didn't like him is because there's one time, and I always remember because the 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 ones that really wronged me, I, I never forgot. Um, but I was trying to fight this guy during the game. He was running around, and I knew he was tough, and it always pissed me off when the guys that were tough never wanted to stand up for what they were doing. Um, so we're going, we're going in the game, and the game's going, and I think we ran each other at the bench, and I'm, I got one leg over the bench, and he finally grabs me and starts throwing punches, and I got one leg over the bench, and I'd, I'd accepted and got into the fight, but it always pissed me off that he got that jump on me. Absolutely pissed me off. And, um, and I... I I won't get too too detailed with it, but I finally finally got him back later on in pro when he was playing in in uh, Lowell. Um, it was kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a melee, and I was Brad Haroff was um, my teammate. And he was super tough too, and I think he grabbed Brad and like suckered him or something, and I skated right over, and I had no regret just chucking one right like i don't even know if he's looking at me but i just like it was it was like for me it was like hey finally and i I got it over with and you know do i feel good about it no i don't feel good about it but like i i was one of those ones where i didn't know if i would ever be able to settle that score and i did and Oh well, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know. Uh, another name, uh, Matt Cassian. Oh boy, God, he was yeah. That's a large he human. A tough one. Yeah, <laughs> a large human. He yeah, he gave it to me. He, I, I it was a good fight, but he he definitely tagged me with a few in that fight in Vancouver. I, I'll I'll remember that. I think I still remember like the, it was so dark in there all the time. But I just yeah, I remember that. And he he went on to have a great well. Good career, I don't, you know. It's uh, it's it's a tough job, man. It's a tough gig. Yeah, so I'm proud that he did so well too. Yeah. Well, one last name I got to ask you before we get out of junior, because of course he's coaching here in Saskatoon. Uh, Mitch Love, lover. <laughs> oh man, 
yeah, he uh, yeah he was playing and he would have been in Everett when I was you know we were yep. talking. Um, so yeah, we we had plenty of scraps and then junior or sorry pro we had a few, but man, he was fearless. I I don't remember how many fights. I think he had 30, 30 40 fights. His eighteen nineteen year old year. Oh yeah, what an absolute legend! And and look at him now. Like he's you know he's with the national team. I mean, that's awesome. Yep. That's that's so good to see. It's it's great when you see these guys still a part of the game. Yeah, and he's doing well here in Saskatoon, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Exactly. Well, so you, uh, so we're, we're at a junior, and you're, you know, you're back into the with the back in the, the Blues camp, and you end up in the. Did you start in Peoria and end up in Alaska, or start in Alaska and end up in Peoria? I started in Peoria. Um, I can't remember how many games it was in, but I I, I injured my wrist, had to have surgery. And then went up there for uh, like a conditioning um, stint, um, and I'm sure you're going to touch on it. But uh, my conditioning stint was met with a month off of hockey because of a decision in a <laughs> in a game up there. And then I ended up back in Peoria for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I'll, first of all, in Peoria, we'll talk about. Well, yeah. you, uh, your teammates, you're with not only well DJ King. But what a what a team this is it? Well, Reed Lowe, DJ yep. King, oh, and some guy named Rocky Thompson. Oh, just some guy. <laughs> yeah. How was Rocky? I uh, I he was so good to me, man. He uh, he as a rookie, he I would say was more or less one of the guys that wanted to help and took me under his wing and realized the position I was in. And, you know, him being one of the most intimidating guys in the league, it was uh, quite easily quite easy to follow by example with what he did and he was an absolute machine off the ice and that was hard to keep up with because he was a freaking machine um but yeah i mean he 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 scared the whole league but he grabbed me one time and says hey fitz you know you know we're gonna we gotta do a little boxing in the in the locker room you know we just gotta we gotta figure this out you know teach a few things you know he was one of the few guys that said well, I was spinning him with a fight, and I said, he said, Fitz, you got to stop spinning and get planted and toss them. Anyway, he grabbed me one time and said, Fitz, we got to do this locker boxing. I said, all right, all right, Rocks, whatever, you know, we'll put the gloves on, we'll throw some punches, and we'll, you know, whatever. So we're getting in, the gloves are on, and I look up, and Rock goes, yeah, you ready, Fitz? He goes, yeah, yeah, and bam, bam, bam. Before I even know it, my freaking tooth is flying across the room. <laughs> I'm like, steam, my face is red, and my eyes are you know, I'm tearing up I'm like Jesus. Right, and now, now I just want to. I want to get this guy right. I'm like, I want to freaking kill Rocky. I want to get this guy. And there, and everything I did, there's nothing I could do. He was bobbing and weaving like this guy was just an absolute pro boxer. And he just from there, you know, I knew this is the guy that I needed to follow. And you know, I wish I would have followed him a little closer. Um, but he, you know, he he did well for himself. And and now look at him. He's He's one, another guy that's successful in the game, and I think he's one of the next in line in the NHL in that organization. Yeah, so you're not surprised by his success as a coach? Not at all, no. I think I think he's got uh, that respect level of everyone. What he, he what he's doing is because he cares. Everything he does is because he cares. It's for a meaning, and I'm not surprised one bit that he's successful, and I, and I think he will be in the NHL as well. No, I, yeah, absolutely. I hope so. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, 
Exactly. No, I was always a big fan of Rocky and watched him here in junior and yeah, he, he was well, awesome. Legend over there, man. Oh, Freaking legend. Awesome. I was so mad when the Flames didn't keep him. I wanted him to be, oh, he like slaps holy water around and it's like, oh, okay, Rocky hockey and, yeah. oh, and he went down and he had the long, oh, the guy could have been a folk hero. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, Rocky is tremendous. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I know a couple of the fights you had with a, with a former guest in the show, Pete Vandermeer, speaking of minor league oh, legends. God, jeez. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> he, we, I, I remember the game. He, we, were, we were skating around and, and, and things were starting to grow up. And he goes, I don't know if you want to do that, kid. I don't know if you want to do that, kid. Uh, and I'm like, all right, what, what, what are you talking about there, big boy? How are you doing? You know, so I poked him at, poked him on the face up and was like, yeah, we're going yet? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember that left. Okay. And it hammered me. And then I just, I like, I heard, I, I don't know the best way to describe it, but I felt and heard every other punch. And yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, a learning experience. He was nails and he taught me a lesson as a young pro. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was a a lesson learned. Um, well, you, like you said, you were injured, and you kind of you you went. Well, how was going up to Alaska? What was that like? Well, it was funny because my roommate and junior Nate Thompson had um, invited me up uh, that that summer, literally that previous summer, to spend some time up there in Alaska. So I had made some local friends, and I kind of knew the way up there in Alaska. I don't know if you've ever been, but it is no. a gem and. I think everybody has to at least touch there at some point in their life. It's just outdoor wonderland. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we, so I, I loved it. I mean, I'd, I'd seen this, had the summer experience of 24 hours of light. Um, but then when you get up there in the hockey season, it's more like 22 hours of dark. So that can be very hard. Um, you know, you drive to practice at eight in the morning and it's, it's, it's starting to light up maybe a little bit, still kind of dark. You get out from the rink. At whatever you know, eleven thirty, twelve, twelve three, whatever, it's already starting to get dark again. So it was, uh, it, it was a little depressing in that in that sense. But they love hockey up there, and um, so that made it fun. And then you go on these crazy trips down to California for like two weeks, and yeah, it was it was a good place to play. They, they treated their players well there too. Well, one of the names that's all, that's there, I got to ask you at this time. You, he'd be the Wiley veteran, and I remember watching him growing up in the Western Hockey League. Um, Kimby Daniels. Oh boy, Kimby, yeah, yeah. The, the Wiley, he was still the Wiley veteran then too. Boy, he was, just, yeah, he. Uh, w- what a skilled player, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, no, he had a good attitude for you know where he was in his career and like good player. He led our team. Yeah. Well. We got to get like okay. Well, you can explain it because, like I said, it, with the East Coast League stuff, it's with footage and stuff. It's always really hard to get at that time frame. Um, you, you talked about your suspension. I know you received a, an attempt to yeah. injure, and it was against Bakersfield, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what all went down there? Well, this is a story. So, put kick your feet up, I guess. But <laughs> um. Well, where do I begin? So I guess you got to kind of uh, preface a little bit. So the Bakersfield, so the year before was the lockout, and Scotty Gomez, the mayor, the governor, the legend of Alaska, <laughs> um, was playing for the Aces, and, you know, he, he didn't have to do that. Like, he, he did it for his hometown. 
you know, and he ended up getting hurt. Uh, somebody hit him into the bench, hurt his hip, and it was the Bakersfield Condors, okay? So now they're coming back to town, and I have no fucking idea that this is happening, <laughs> but, you know, we're playing a game, and my, actually, my buddy who I'm working with right now, Chris Beckford, too, was the goalie, and he, you know, we used to, we were roommates, and we'd have fun, and I can remember one time he kind of stuck a guy in the nuts, and the guy turned around and was trying to grab him, and I said, no, 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 and we kind of dusted that one up, and from there on, the whole weekend was a shit show. It was an absolute melee. Um, I ended up hitting, we, we were playing physical, and I'm on the ice. Both of us, me and another guy are on our knees, and we're sliding, and I give him a little extra shot. We ended up um, hurting, I think, separating his shoulder or something. So, you know, I don't feel good about those things. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say I'm doing something great here. But this is just a, a, a buildup of everything. So, so this night goes on. I've had a fight. I've injured this guy. The game was really rough. Um, so then the next night, game's going, and all these guys want a piece of me now. I injured the guy, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is great. You know, and I think I had one fight in this um, – I don't know how to explain his uh, ex, uh, ex, um, say his name. Kostinen, I think, is yeah. Kevin could Kostin be wrong or something. Yeah, I don't want to butcher it, but I don't want to disrespect him either. Um, but he was, uh, you know, he was being a shit, and he was skating around the game. He's a big boy, and at this point in the game, he's, you know, I'm trying to get him to fight, and he won't fight me. He won't fight me. I'm like trying to get this guy to fight, and then, now I'm getting riled up, and the refs. Now they bring me to the penalty box, and they put me in the penalty box, and I sit down, and I look out, and I see this guy still over at our bench. He's skating on the bench. He's poking guys with a stick, and he's he was talking shit, and I was like, all right, that's it. So I look over. There's no um, penalty box attendee. The door is wide open. All right, here's a good decision in my life. Let's go out to center ice and challenge this guy. So I go out there. I'm like, okay, that's enough. We're doing this. You have no choice. We're fighting. And it's a good fight. Like, it's a great fight, good scrap, and the refs come in, they grab us, and he's still fucking talking shit. He's still talking shit. So I had my arm loose, and one more punch went right over, and it wasn't a punch that, like, it wasn't a punch where you hit a punching bag and you know you've hit something. It was a punch where you, like, went through, you've you've hit something and went right through it where you almost feel sick. And I felt sick because I knew something was wrong. Um, And it it just kind of went through it hit him I think I think it, as far as I know it knocked him out but the ref was holding on to him so tightly that when he fell it his leg was bent so wrong that the ref fell on his um, femur busted it yeah. um, and like this is not like I don't know what this is going on. I knew something was wrong so I turned around and skated away right away um, but as soon as that happens the announcer goes and that one's for Scotty <laughs> and and the whole the, the the whole arena just blows up, and the players that are sitting out are like, "Wait, what? This guy, the, the radio guy, is getting involved." So now they're going and they're threatening the radio guy. I'm down in the hallway screaming at their team. We're almost getting into fights in the locker room. Like it's just absolute melee. Um, but yeah, so that long story short, um, that all happened, and. The funniest part is, is <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a 20-year-old kid at this point, and I'm not, you know, I don't have an ID or anything, but we go down to F Street in Alaska, or in, in Anchorage, and F Street the, is, the, is our spot it's where everybody goes, and it's usually pretty full, and 
you know, we walk in and I'm trying to sneak in, stay under the radar, and all of a sudden the microphone goes, and everybody, hold on, hold on, and it's Fitz, it's Fitzgerald in the house, he's there, he does not want first guy, and they're just like freaking out, like, I have just won a WWE wrestling <laughs> match, and I'm, you know, I'm walking, I'm like putting on my hands, like, yeah, okay, all right, hey, we're good, you know, this, yeah, I'm Fitz, hey guys, you know, I'm, hey, you know, just kind of soaking it all in or whatever, but that was, it was quite funny, because I think somebody called me a nickname like hammerhead or something way back then and that didn't last don't don't get me wrong that did not last but i think they were <laughs> shouting that over the to the microphones and um but yeah it was a uh, it was all fun and games until about two days later when i got suspended for 10 games and my conditioning stint in, <laughs> in alaska basically ended up being like four games at the end of the day and going back to peoria for christmas time but yeah it was it was a story it was a story <laughs> And, and, and one of the craziest parts too about this story is, uh, about, must have been two years later in Manitoba, um, in the middle of a game, um, and I got an interview in between periods. And the guy comes up to me, and this is, you know, right before the interview, and he goes, hey, yeah, uh, hey, Fitz, how you doing, man? I'm, uh, I'm Kevin's, uh, uncle. I'm like, Kevin? Oh my. I'm so like I'm just like dumbfounded. Like what this guy just dropped this huge bomb on me that this guy, this guy that I've absolutely like his leg is busted. He probably didn't. I think he only played a little bit longer after that, and then he's done. And just like what? oh my, God. I'm. Can you please pass on my <laughs> apologies? Like this is awkward. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about this in the middle of a game. But hey, you know <laughs> it was it was it was a it, it was a story. Well, yeah. Well, like you said, it um, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's one of those things. But uh, yeah. what was uh, what was the feel? Uh, so I know you you have your the next season. You start off in in Peoria again, um, and then and then you end the season in Alaska. Um, yeah. At this point, were you a little frustrated with the Blues organization? Yeah, it was a frustrating season. I, I don't I don't think uh, the. Uh, I didn't. We didn't see. I didn't see eye to eye with the head coach, and I don't know what it was. He, he had. I don't know what his deal was. I've never done anything wrong with him, but you know, Brent Thompson was the D coach, and we got him fine. Like he was a absolute animal when he played, and he was. You know, he he liked how I played. Well, so. I was gonna say he had to be a Brent fan of yours. Yeah. Yeah, like we, you know, we were fine, but I was, you know, I wasn't getting the opportunities I wanted, and. Um, it just didn't work out. It was just like, it, it didn't work out. So I was quite happy to be traded that summer. Um, and it's unfortunate because, you know, the St. Louis Blues organization is the you know, prestigious one. And it is what it is. But, yeah, I did not I did not have a good season that year. That was um, a point where, you know, at that age, you're like, wow, this is, you know, really real here. This is, this can happen. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a great relief to be traded that summer. Well, yeah, and like you said, you've, you you kind of mentioned it earlier. So you get a yeah, you get traded to the Canucks. So obviously, you go into camp that fall, and I mean, you know, uh, yeah. Mino's the coach, and the Sedins are there, and and yeah. uh, and and Trevor Linden and BX Seven. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, how was that all that experience? And uh, do you have any fights in camp, Mike Brown and them? Did you get at it with them? Um, I didn't know. No, they, they really, they didn't want any inner squad scraps. They were really big on that. And I always took that like, like, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Even though 
in the past, like Yabo, like that, that St. Louis camp, they said the same thing, but those guys were fucking going left, right, and center. But, um, no, no inner squad, um, scraps. But like I said, they were so welcoming, you know, even the Sedins, you know, Luongo, Marcus Naslin actually was, uh, you know, he, played with my brother in Pittsburgh. So he remembered Rusty and we chatted a little bit about him. And so he was really, really nice uh, to me. My roommate for camp was, which I, I just, I couldn't fathom because you would have thought they would put a veteran like this guy, Sammy Sallow, uh, with another veteran. But I was like <laughs> <laughs> rooming up with Sammy Sallow. I'm like, what, this is, this guy's sitting over here playing like FIFA on his, on his uh, on his iPhone, and I'm like sitting here listening to freaking underground hip hop, like freaking out because I'm sitting next to one of the best defensemen in the NHL. You know, like rooming with the guy, not even knowing when I should like should I be bringing this guy water? Like, what's going on here? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well. And so you, uh, you you start the season with the with the moose. Um, Two guys I have to obviously I have to ask you about, um, and unfortunately they're they're not here anymore. Um, yeah, but Luke yeah. Bardone and Rick yeah. Rippin, and Rick Rippin. Do you have any yeah, stories no, of those guys? Uh, yeah. yeah, it was you know what that's it's so unfortunate. It's so sad. I guess, just to think about it, like, but yeah, no Luke. Luke should have been. You know, we should still be watching him in the NHL and, and Rick too, but, you know, like Luke was just a, a great player. You know, he's a good dude. Uh, last last uh, memory I have with him was we went to a Three Days Grace show in in uh, the MP- MTS Center and we were all there with another guy, PC Labrie, uh, another uh, French-Canadian guy, and we had a great time. We snuck backstage and met some of the, some of the band, and then that summer he... He passed, and that was really hard for the organization. Uh, like uh, you know, Craig Heisinger and all those guys over there. They they they're very passionate about their players, and um, especially Rick Rippin. Like he, I, I don't even really know where to begin, but like basically, my experience with with Ripper, and and you can attest to this too. Uh, back in the WHL, he was feared. Uh, he was a Pound for pound, toughest guy uh, out there. And I never, I never ran in. I never had to fight him, um, but I was probably assured a few times that it was a good thing because him and his brother were absolute nails. Um, yep. And on top of that, absolute gem of a guy uh, at Vancouver camp. He grabbed me. We, we had we had lunch and dinner a lot together. Uh, really nice guy. Uh, really. Um, you would have you would have just really had no idea what was going on. You just would have never had any idea. He was that type of guy that he, you know, he kept it um, sheltered. And um, I wish you know that we could have all done better for him. But that's uh, that's that's something that none of us will ever understand. So it's unfortunate that he, um, you know, that we're all that they're they're memories for us now. But. You know, it's uh, one one great thing is the Rick Rippin um, story is living in Winnipeg and and through their charity out there, so he'll never be forgotten. And you know, the Heisingers and the Keen family and all those people out there in Winnipeg uh, will never ever forget that guy. No, absolutely, and uh, yeah, what a sad story. And uh, yeah, and like you, you said, you're not the first guy that I've had on here that said the same thing with Rippin, like. You just didn't know, right? And mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, yeah. But, uh, well, another guy that you played with was uh, the veteran there, uh, Mike Keen. Oh, Mike Keen. What I God, I love that guy. He would he would be the first one in the locker room. He'd be sitting there with the Food Network on, and <laughs> every single guy you walk by he would chirp. Oh, Fitz! Oh, about time you showed up, fucking guy, you fucking rookie boy. You know, just whatever. He would just chirp. And, you know, he'd be on the bus, in the back of the bus, crushing chocolate, and the best shape on the team. 41 years old, like 3% body fat, machine, hardest working guy on the team, fighting guys. He, he, I don't know, how, I'm not sure his exact height, but he's like 5'9", five 5'10", five fighting guys that are like 22 years old, that are 6'5", that are like up-and-coming heavyweights in the NHL, and throwing left bombs in their face, doing everything they can that he can possibly do to win a championship for the Winnipeg, for sorry, for the Manitoba Moose for Winnipeg because that's his hometown. That's just the type of guy he is. The guy's got three Stanley Cups, but he's still like willing to throw his face and body on the line for his hometown because that's just the type of guy he is. And I, I, I love the Keene family. They're all just amazing people. And I hope I hope his son Jackson has a good career. He's he's at UND, and you know hopefully he can um, play pro. But Keener. I don't. I don't think there's a bad thing you can say about the guy. No, well, absolutely. Like you said, 41 years old, and you know, riding the bus in the American League and still giving her shit. Like that's awesome. Oh, and you know, he would. <laughs> he'd always be like, "Boys, boys, your shoes. You gotta have nice shoes. You gotta have clean shoes. You can't. If you don't have clean shoes, you're not a man." So, like, if he. And that's not don't don't quote me on that the man part. But the a few times when he was healthy scratched or not healthy scratched or injured or whatever, it scratched because of veteran status or whatever. You'd find him in the locker room fucking cleaning guys' shoes. He's just a beauty. <laughs> well, February fifth versus the Dallas Stars, Zach Fitzgerald gets in the lineup with the Vancouver Canucks, and I hear you had an interesting story with your gear. Yeah, so I guess we got another story, so you can get that popcorn back here. So there you I, go. Uh, yeah, so now this is back when I I was um, on my way back to Peoria for the first time to play against Peoria for the first time. So in my mind, I just want to show these, prove these guys what they're missing, right? Oh, you traded me. This is what you missed, right? Oh, I'm going to be in the NHL. This is what you missed. Um, but yeah, so we're flying down to Peoria, and Scott O'Neill is the coach with us in Manitoba, and I got a ton of respect for him. Great guy. Gave me such an opportunity um to play and you know we land in chicago and arnie goes Fitch, come on over here i'm like oh i'm trying to rack my brain what did we do what did we do you know my roommates what did we do um but he goes hey Fitz, just want you to know we're leaving you here at the airport you're gonna fly to dallas tomorrow and you're gonna play your first nhl game blah blah just so like chill i was like Oh my, okay, wow, what, oh, thank you so much, like, do I hug you here, or, what, you know, how, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, so I'm just trying to contain the excitement, and, you know, like, say goodbye to my teammates, they're getting on a bus down to Peoria to play in Peoria the next day, and I'm staying in Chicago overnight to fly down to play with Vancouver, um, so that was quite cool, no sleep, no sleep at all, get up, get up on time, get to the airport, all my gear, everything's good to go, get on the plane, land in Dallas, all right, cool, Everything's good. I got my backpack. I don't think I had much, like, luggage. You know, I'm sitting there waiting, and carousel's going around and around and around. I'm waiting and waiting. Everybody's gone. I'm like, okay, 
Okay, I'll go to the oversized luggage. I'm going to go oversized luggage. You know, so I go over there. There's hockey sticks. All right, I got my sticks. All right. You guys got a hockey bag too? Uh, no, sir. Uh, uh, no. What does it look like? Well, it's a huge, huge black bag. It's got a big moose on it, blah, 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 yada, yada. No, sorry, sir, blah, blah. So I wait there for a while, and I call in all the contacts, and I'm like, hey, uh, my gear's not here. Oh, don't worry, Fitz, just get in the car. We'll get down here. We'll take care of blah, blah, blah. So I got down to the rink. They, the guys had already pregame skated. They already had their pregame meal. I went and kind of got the scraps over there. You know their 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 steak and their lobster and all this wonderful <laughs> food. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I know it's they obviously eat well. Um, and then I, you know, I went up to take a nap and well tried to nap, couldn't couldn't even think straight. You know, and nor shut my brain down. Showed up at the rink. Hey guys, how's it going? Ah, some bad news. It's your gear didn't show up. All right, uh, but. This is what we've done. We put together all this gear. You know, they got Lucas Krychek was injured, so I wore his skates and most of his gear. Um, but they were like flop. I had to like, you know, rip these things with clear tape just to. to I like a stiff skate. The things were bent over, like you know, broken ankles. And but you know, I, you know, I, you just at that time, you know, what you might not ever get that opportunity again. And that's just the way I went with it. I never, never looked back and. You know, skating around warmos, kind of like looking up in the rafters and looking over at Medano and, you know, Turco and guys like that and just kind of like soaking it all in and not really even realizing, you know, I was going to be playing because I was seventh E, you know, and then Mike Weaver comes over and he goes, Pitt, hey, yeah, yeah, not going to be able to go, be ready. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. This is happening. Um, and much love and thanks to Rick bonus and i wish him the best of luck with his head coaching career now but he just kept saying my name fits fits go fits you know luke fits luke, you know mac go fit you i'm like what like like looking up at this guy like are, are you sure like you're sure you're not just you know on like computer mode here and he just kept playing me and i was i think i was minus one going into the third period and i'm being on the ice for a goal too so i was is even at the end of the day Triple or quadruple or whatever amount of zeros it was across the board. I tried to get uh, tried to get Steve Ott going. He was basically like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe give it another few more games, kid, and we'll you know. But that always bothered me because I always wanted to grab that guy because he's a bit of a rat. Obviously, everyone wanted to grab that guy. Um, and then Chris Barch, I tried to get him going too, but it just wasn't the time, I guess. Uh, but it was unfortunate because, you know, I, I didn't get the chance again, but it would have been nice to just, you know, show that element of my game and whether it had been somebody else that saw it or whatever. But, you know, I didn't, didn't get that opportunity, but I got a chance to shoot on Mike or on, um, not shoot on Mike, sorry, shoot on Turco and then slash Mr. Mike Medano in the shin pads. Basically just to tell you that because he was, <laughs> he was the, he was who I watched growing up. Well, yeah, uh, you know, he was the North Star, and uh, so I slashed him on the shin pad, and I hope I can talk to him someday and just say, hey, I slashed you on the shin pad on February 5th, and uh, you probably don't remember, but I'm just telling you now that I got to play against you one day, <laughs> you know, and it was, uh, it was, it was quite, it was a quite an experience. The best part, though, was the phone call to mom and dad after uh, my PB coach, Dave Letourneau, brought out the, the nice, nice whiskey and uh, the, you know, the uh, satellite TV, it was too short a notice for them to come down and, and invite them over and, and and just laid it out for them. They had a great night. And speaking to them after was the best part. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. 
All right, guys, I think we'll stop it right here. Um, thank you very much for tuning in to part one uh, with Zach Fitzgerald. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I, Zach was a great guest, and I, I really enjoyed talking to him. And uh, I hope you guys come back and check out part two. And I will be putting that out on Sunday. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely come back, check it out. Uh, we continue on with... Uh, the remainder of his AHL career, and then, of course, overseas to the UK. And I know there's a lot of folks looking forward to, to hearing that uh, that saga. So uh, we will uh, see you guys here on Sunday. Thanks, everybody.